This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week uh, we are looking at a uh, view of God that I'm going to call the passive view of God. Uh, We often talk about uh, unwinding wrong views of God and parenting for faith. And uh, I just wanted to highlight or I guess bring to you uh, another way that sometimes our kids' uh, view of God can get skewed and what we can do about it. Uh, We are going to have a question uh, that was brought to a live uh, Facebook that I was doing a broadcast with Rick Otto, who's the head of Kids for New Wine. Uh, We've been quite heavily involved in New Wine uh, Conference this year, and we did a Facebook Live for families, and I'd like for you to hear sort of what Rick had to bring. And this is Anna jumping in to tell you about the wildcard section today, where we're going to be chatting about two household church. Now, obviously, we have listeners from all over the world, uh, but in England and where I am at the moment, uh, we are allowed to meet with one other household. And it's been a bit of a game changer. Honestly, it's really revitalised online church for us. Uh, So obviously follow government guidelines and local restrictions. Uh, But we're going to be chatting a little bit about why you might try that and how to do it. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, concept of a passive God. Um, In Parenting for Faith, we talk about unwinding, which is essentially helping our kids have a shepherding their view of God as they try to process life and experiences and Bible and church and all the things that are going into how they perceive God. Sometimes it can get warped and they are on a journey like we are of trying to figure out um, really who God is and how we interact with him. And uh, as we shepherd that view and as we help them see God more authentically, sometimes they can sort of uh, take a left turn and end up seeing God in a certain way. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, that uh, I was just talking to some kids recently, and this um, idea of God um, almost being passive in that he is holding himself back and restraining himself until we ask him to do something. This idea that he's sort of like just sitting there going, oh, I wish I could do something about it, but you know, no one's asked me to. They haven't prayed. Uh, And, and... (laughs) And this idea that he is um, waiting for us. And I, I found that really interesting because there, as with all wrong views of God, well, I say wrong views, it's all twisted views of God. There's there's truth in that. There's, there's truth in that he responds and he is active to our prayers. And when we ask him for things, he responds to that. And that's a beautiful and important thing to know that when we when we bring things to God, he moves in response to our prayers. That is an absolutely wonderful fundamental truth. But some kids somehow put it together in a weird way, (laughs) Uh, which means that they feel like he only moves in response to what um, people ask him to do. And, and that can mean that they get a view of God that he, um, almost lacks compassion or that he sits back and that that um that he is he is waiting and watching rather than being active and involved and uh, i was just struck when we were i was reading a scripture about the story uh well i just wanted to say first 
that this is an aspect of God that's really important for us to, to feed into, that God is an active God who is has plans and purposes and is moving and is doing and doesn't need us to... Um, to accomplish what he is going to accomplish, that he is a sovereign God with power and activity, that we get to join him and come along uh, and be a small, small, tiny, tiny, minuscule part of his great plans and actions on this earth. And when they get that, then they can be excited about serving and working alongside and being a small part of that hugeness of God's motivated heart where he is seeking the the lost and he is lifting up um, those in, in pain and he is comforting the brokenhearted and he is such an active God in scripture. Um, but often kids can get this view that he's just waiting and he's just watching until we act. And so if we want to unwind that, here's a couple of things to just remember um, to add in so that we can build a healthy view of God as we do it. Some of our kids will find themselves in the cul-de-sac of God being passive. And other times it's just worth knowing that that is a cul-de-sac they can get sucked into. So we're just going to build a sort of healthy words around it. So a couple of things you may want to do to just sort of head this off before it gets there is um, to make sure that we are telling those stories when God is acting, um, and highlighting in scripture where he is acting because of his own motivations, because of his own heart um, and his own plans. So, you know, I love the story uh, in First Samuel 5 of, of Dagon, uh, or if you listen to my friend who knows uh, all sorts of Old Testament Hebrew and Greek, Dagon, how you say it. But it's a, an Old Testament story of when the Philistines uh, captured God's Ark of the Covenant and uh, and we're like, ha ha, we've now captured their God. They can't win. We've got their thing that makes them win. And, uh, <laughs> and so God just kept flipping over the, uh, the idol in front of the Ark and then uh, brought devastation to the communities and they kept passing it around like a hot potato. And uh, God's judgment kept coming on these communities till they sent it back with a lot of gold saying, take your, take your thing back. We don't want it anymore. And I love that story because it's, it's a story of, of God sorting it out himself. And over and over and over in scripture, we see this God who sorts it out himself, who, who, um, Here's the cry of people um, when uh, when he decides to rescue the Israelites in the Old Testament. It says that he heard their cry. They weren't praying. The word that's used is there, Zetakah. They're just they were just crying. They're crying out. They were just like, ugh. They weren't necessarily directing it at God. They were just crying out, and and God compassionate heart said, I am going to do something about this. Uh, when uh, when he is saying, uh, when we see the prophets, you know, often he says, you know, who will go? Not often, but there's that one time where, you know, the um, prophet was taken to heaven and God said, who will go and do this? And he said, here I am, send me this response to God's call. Or when Paul was being sent to Rome and God was like, hey, Paul, just so you know, I'm sending you to Rome, just so you know. 
hashtag just saying. And, uh, and God is constantly, the God we see in scripture is a God of strategy and action and plans. And he's asking people and he's moving in compassion and he's doing stuff. And so, um, we can, we can do that. We can read those bits of scripture to them. We can highlight to our kids in the stories that we already read, you know, wow, I love this was in God's heart or, you know, what a great plan God had before they even knew that they were in trouble. Just highlighting that this is a God of action and of power, um, that he is, he is ready and willing and, and doing things. And we get to join him in what he's doing, uh, not the other way around. Most of life isn't us going, hey, God, I'd really like to do this. And God going, oh, okay, I'll jump on board with your plan. Uh, but it's about drawing close to what God is doing and being a part of that. It is such a powerful and important part of our kids sort of orienting uh, to um, who they are and what God's doing. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not something to be afraid of. But it's just as you talk about God, take those moments to say, Wow, God has so many great plans and purposes and he is out there and he is doing stuff and I can see him in my life. And I love when he called me to do this or asked me to do this or when I saw him weaving this together. God is doing so many things that I can't even see and don't even know about sometimes. And I find that wonderful to live in a world uh, where God is doing so much more than I could ever imagine. And sometimes I get a glimmer of it. So enjoy talking about that with your kids. This is an outtake from a Facebook Live that I did with my friend Rick Otto, who's the head of kids for New Wine. Uh, we were fielding questions from uh, parents and families during a Facebook Live for uh, New Wine's summer conference called United Breaks Out. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll let us jump in. What's your top advice to parents as we help our children to prepare to go back to school? Oh. <laughs> um, I think you know your children better than I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know my kids. And so I know that um, we're going to be stepping up prayer quite a lot. We're going to be talking an awful lot about, well, how are you feeling? How are you? What, what are your anxieties? All of that kind of conversations. Um but yeah, we're going to, but then with our, so that's with one of our children, with the other child, um, she'll just be ready to go. So it'll just be about that kind of, so we'll be praying uh, the bold and courageous prayer for our one who's a little bit worried. And with the one who is um, kind of ready to go, um, we'll be just kind of going, okay, right. And okay, what opportunities have you got now? Because that's the difference, even within my house and my two kids. One's like, oh, I don't know. The other one's like, bring it for anything. It's crazy. So that would, that's what we're probably planning on doing and taking steps to help bring that process back in. Um, yeah, full, full school uniform. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Um, I, guess, I guess my thoughts, I think there's something about also landing this season well because um, yes. this has been like a six-month season, and uh, I really love in Scripture about how... Has it, be, has it uh, been that short? Wow, it's felt a lot longer. <laughs> for us introverts, it hasn't been long enough, Rick. So uh, it's, that's um, true. So this six-month season-ish, um, 
and um, and so much has happened in there from you know yeah. from ups and downs and times that that God has done things and times that you've been worried about it and and to end this it sort of feels like an end of a season and coming into a new season yeah. of going back to yeah, school yeah, yeah, yeah. and so many times in scripture they captured that moment uh, yeah, you know yeah, where, whether it was going through the Jordan and then making a little pile of rocks saying yeah. hey, let's remember what God did here and there's a lot of sort of marking of what God did all the Jewish festivals are big parties of like what God did and to remind people and so I'd be really intrigued about um, as part of the you know as you were saying, Rick, the, the prepping and figuring out what your kids yeah. need and, and doing that, that you also take a moment to just capture what God has done in the past six months, what we've learned, yeah. what we want to keep. You know, there's a lot that we've learned that actually we really like each other. We don't want to let busyness steal away our time together. Or we yeah. all need some alone time and we're going to need more yeah. alone time when we do that. <laughs> so let's build that in. And so just capturing, capturing what you've learned, capturing who God was, uh, what verses were important, what times yeah. that you were in despair and what God said. Uh, and just sort of to capture that so you can look back for a lifetime and say, yeah. this is who God was and what he did. And yeah. and now we thank God for whatever season and what he taught us. And now we're ready to turn our face to the next challenge. Yeah. We're ready to enter into the next stage. And what does that look like for us? And then, you know, to have those conversations about what they need and to prep. The only mm -hmm. other thing I was thinking also is about purpose. Sometimes yeah. uh, who is God asking us to be in this new season and what is he asking us to do? Um, so it's not just how am I going to cope with the new wave of school, but it's, you know, we're in a new season and God's going to ask us to do different things. And so yeah. what is God asking us to do? So they show up at the first day of school, not thinking, I hope I'm okay, but they show up saying, how can I serve and help others? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the, um, so I don't know if you saw them, but we did some little parent training on the lead up mm. to uh, United Kids. And we talked about prayer and we talked about how to enable parents to do that at home. And then one thing that struck me as we were doing this conversation with the team was, why don't we go and get like a book that is our special prayer and prophecy book, for example, because I'm expecting that God's going to speak to the children in their living rooms as much as he does when they're in a marquee. So mm. I'm thinking that we could actually help them um, do, do some of what you're talking about mm. in that book of going, right, actually, God, what, what am I so thankful for? And writing those things, putting those things down, drawing them, however it helps. And mm. then to actually set like, well, actually, what do I sense God's calling us into? What's this new mm. season? A friend of mine, he, um, they pray like every new year about a sense of purpose for their family and a number of years ago they were praying and his daughter um i think she was about nine or ten at the time just sensed that they were going to be going somewhere else and he's like nah, don't be silly we're not moving everything's good yeah. and um within four months um they had a call to move to somewhere else and it was almost like they'd spent that time as family. What is it that God's called us to? What is it that we're going to be doing in this next season? Now, it might not be that you're moving house. It might not be. But actually, for us to do that in this new season, getting ready for school, mm. actually, that will help possibly to give that confidence to the children who are a little bit worried. Like, oh, well, I know what I'm looking forward to. I know what might be in store um, mm. might really help. Um, and for my, I'm thinking my... Uh, 
more kind of crazy kid who's like, right, I'm ready to go to school now. Um, partly because she has the same teacher. So it's a bit easier for her this year. <laughs> um, but like, well, go hunting for it. Go find what, what yeah. can you see what God's doing? Yeah. Um, and let's let's talk about it regularly. Okay, so I wanted to talk to us about something very specific to now and this uh, particular season that we find ourselves in. Uh, for some of you, it will be blindingly obvious and you've already been doing it, uh, but I hope it gives you a different way to think about it. Um, but my hope is that for some of you, you go, aha, I haven't thought about it quite like that. That is maybe something we could try. So um, a Bible verse that's really helped me while we have been struggling to do online church, just as our family, um, is the bit in Matthew 18:20 where Jesus says, uh, whenever two or three gather in my name, I'm there in their midst. You know, and as we sit, just four of us in our house, however many you have in your households, I've thought, okay, this is it. Jesus is here with us. This is church, even though I'm missing so many other people. Um, but a development that's happened recently, and at the time of the recording, the situation is that two households are allowed to gather together, provided you're not under local lockdown. Uh, please do check the most current advice before doing this. Uh, but once we realised that was possible, we've started meeting with another household to do online church. And guys, it has been an absolute game changer. It has allowed us to have some of the perks of being church family and church community and remembering what it's all about, um, even if we can't have our full-on physical services altogether. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I quite like watching church in my pyjamas, thank you very much. I don't want to have to get organised and have someone else go come around or go to their house. But I wanted to give you a few reasons uh, why I think it's worth considering. Um, and you still might be anti, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but here are my four reasons. So the first one is that it gives an opportunity for other people to create windows and frame for your children um, and actually for you as well. Um, they get to see a little bit more of the range of how different people chat and catch with God, how they worship, understand the Bible, or just sort of navigate the ups and downs of life with him. Uh, so that might give them inspiration and ideas. Hey, this is maybe what my relationship with God looked like. Or just kind of broaden their knowledge and understanding of what it can look like, even if they say, whoa, that's not for me. Um, just they know it exists and that different people in different contexts can relate to God in different ways. Uh, we've had people from all different kind of life stages and uh, walks of life and experiences and ways that they connect with God. And I think it's been so nice for my children to have a break from just this is how I do it and this is how my husband does it. Um, so that's reason number one, is that they uh, get an opportunity for people to create windows and frame for them. Second reason is they get a taster or a reminder of what it's like to be a part of a body and a church community. So I've already mentioned this, but we were designed for community and to play our little part in God's much bigger plan. And for loads of us, online church has been convenient and we're kind of like, eh, do we want to go to um, physical services? Um, but this really helps us experience why being connected to something bigger is important. So that was my second reason. It's all about being part of the body and church community. Uh, my third reason is that it gives us an opportunity to share testimonies, prayer requests, things you've caught from God and ways of connecting with him. Obviously, you can just do that as a family, as one household. Um, but I don't know about you, our track record hasn't been great. And bringing other people into the mix has made it felt so much easier. It helps us see outside the needs and stories of just our immediate family. 
Um, and there's something about sharing a prayer request with someone who's not in the immediate situation or them sharing what they feel like God is saying that you're like, ooh, you know, it just makes you sit up and listen. So that's my third reason, uh, the opportunity to share testimonies and prayer requests. Uh, and my fourth and final reason is that it makes it more of a thing. It's so easy when it's just your household for everyone to run off and attack each other or do something else or miss the start of church because you're still having a shower or prep the lunch. Um, but much like in the olden times, pre-Covid, where you used to get dressed and either get in the car or walk to church, it sort of got your head in the game. You were very deliberately going to something. Uh, having people come over or going to someone else's house does the same thing. You are deliberately setting time aside to connect with God, to worship him and to learn about him. So I don't know if that's convinced you at all or made you think it's maybe something to ponder or to try. Um, but I thought I'd just end now by giving you some really practical things to think about so that it works really well. Um, so first off, how can you make everyone feel really safe and comfortable? Um, I'd encourage you to be led by the household who's more cautious or who has people who are more vulnerable. Because it might be that you can do some little things um, that don't particularly inconvenience you that make it really possible for them to join in and not be fearful or not do it. Uh, so that might be meeting outside or face masks or separate sofas or zones or uh, not sharing food or having separate plates for food, whatever it is. Um, just ask what would make them feel comfortable um, and be clear about the setup and avoid last minute changes of plan if you can. Secondly, uh, I'd encourage you to think about who to invite. Take the initiative and invite another person or household. I know it's so weird because we don't really know what's going on, so we can imagine, oh, other people are inviting each other, and uh, but just don't even get into that. Um, be bold, be the person to reach out to someone because it could make a huge difference to them and you as well. Um, don't worry that your TV is terrible or that your kids are going to be attacking each other all the way through. Um, this is really about real life and doing it together and authenticity, not some Pinterest picture of hospitality. Um, think through whether you want to do it with the same household each week to build community, so almost like a little small group or home group type setup, or whether you want to mix it up and have different people. Uh, you might want to consider inviting people who are a bit different to you. There's much to be learned from people at different ages and stages of life. Um, you could ask God together who to invite and see what you catch. You can be really powerful invite, inviting people who might feel lonely or isolated at this time. Uh, but equally, if you want to put your best buddies and that's what's going to help you all connect and engage with God well and have a brilliant time, that's great as well. You get to choose um, what works for you. Uh, and then the third thing is just what you'll do together. Are you going to watch a Sunday service? Are you going to, all together, are you going to watch it separately but meet up afterwards for a bit of a chat? Will you be together the whole time or do you, are you going to separate into smaller groups at some point of kids and adults? Uh, are you doing communion if that's a thing in your tradition? Do you need to get stuff ready for that? Uh, will you do any musical worship? Do you need a YouTube video or a guitar ready? Uh, or is it just part of what you're watching? Are you skipping that for now? There are a million options and you get to shape your own church experience so make the most of that. Uh, think about the people in the room and their skills and just don't overthink it, like just give it a go and see what works and what doesn't. And we would love to hear from you guys, so if you've tried doing church with another household, uh, do write in, press the contact us page on our website or on Facebook or on Instagram and tell us what worked well, what really helped it go well and what totally failed or bombed. We'd love to learn from you and hear that as well. 
Uh, so have fun experimenting. And the question to start an interesting conversation with your kid this week is this. Um, what is one thing that God has done for you or for somebody else that you don't think anyone asked him for? Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, concept of a passive God. Um, in Parenting for Faith, we talk about unwinding, which is essentially helping our kids have a shepherding their view of God as they try to process life and experiences and Bible and church and all the things that are going into how they perceive God. Sometimes it can get warped and they are on a journey like we are of trying to figure out um, really who God is and how we interact with him. And uh, as we shepherd that view and as we help them see God more authentically, sometimes they can sort of uh, take a left turn and end up seeing God in a certain way. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, that uh, I was just talking to some kids recently, and this um, idea of God um, almost being passive in that he is holding himself back and restraining himself until we ask him to do something. This idea that he's sort of like just sitting there going, oh, I wish I could do something about it, but you know, no one's asked me to. They haven't prayed. Uh, and And... And this idea that he is um, waiting for us. And I, I found that really interesting because there, as with all wrong views of God, well, I say wrong views, it's all twisted views of God. There's, there's truth in that. There's, there's truth in that he responds and he is active to our prayers. And when we ask him for things, he responds to that. And that's a beautiful and important thing to know that when we when we bring things to God, he moves in response to our prayers. That is an absolutely wonderful fundamental truth. But some kids somehow put it together in a weird way, <laughs> uh, which means that they feel like he only moves in response to what um, people ask him to do. And, and that can mean that they get a view of God that he um, almost lacks compassion or that he sits back and that that um that he is he is waiting and watching rather than being active and involved and uh, i was just struck when we were i was reading a scripture about the story uh well i just wanted to say first that this is an aspect of God that's really important for us to, to feed into, that God is an active God who is has plans and purposes and is moving and is doing and doesn't need us to um, 
to accomplish what he is going to accomplish, that he is a sovereign God with power and activity, that we get to join him and come along uh, and be a small, small, tiny, tiny, minuscule part of his great plans and actions on this earth. And when they get that, then they can be excited about serving and working alongside and being a small part of that hugeness of God's motivated heart where he is seeking the the lost and he is lifting up um, those in, in pain and he is comforting the brokenhearted and he is such an active God in scripture. Um, but often kids can get this view that he's just waiting and he's just watching until we act. And so if we want to unwind that, here's a couple of things to just remember. Um, to add in so that we can build a healthy view of God as we do it. Some of our kids will find themselves in the cul-de-sac of God being passive. And other times it's just worth knowing that that is a cul-de-sac they can get sucked into. So we're just going to build a sort of healthy words around it. So a couple of things you may want to do to just sort of head this off before it gets there is um, to make sure that we are telling those stories when God is acting, um, and highlighting in scripture where he is acting because of his own motivations, because of his own heart um, and his own plans. So, you know, I love the story uh, in First Samuel 5 of, of Dagon, uh, or if you listen to my friend who knows uh, all sorts of Old Testament Hebrew and Greek, Dagon, how you say it. But it's a, an Old Testament story of when the Philistines uh, captured God's Ark of the Covenant. And uh, and we're like, ha ha, we've now captured their God. They can't win. We've got their thing that makes them win. And uh, <laughs> so God just kept flipping over the, uh, the idol in front of the Ark and then uh, brought devastation to the communities. And they kept passing it around like a hot potato. And uh, God's judgment kept coming on these communities till they sent it back with a lot of gold saying, take your, take your thing back. We don't want it anymore. And I love that story because it's, it's a story of, of God sorting it out himself. And over and over and over in scripture, we see this God who sorts it out himself, who, who, um, Here's the cry of people um, when uh, when he decides to rescue the Israelites in the Old Testament. It says that he heard their cry. They weren't praying. The word that's used is there, Zetekah. They're just they were just crying. They're crying out. They were just like, ugh. They weren't necessarily directing it at God. They were just crying out, and and God compassionate heart said, I am going to do something about this. Uh, when, uh, when he is saying, uh, when we see the prophets, you know, often he says, you know, who will go? Not often, but there's that one time where, you know, the, um, prophet was taken to heaven and God said, who will go and do this? And he said, here I am, send me this response to God's call. Or when Paul was being sent to Rome and God was like, Hey, Paul, just so you know, I'm sending you to Rome. Just, so you know, hashtag just saying, and, uh, and God is constantly the God we see in scripture is a God of strategy and action and plans. And he's asking people and he's moving in compassion and he's doing stuff. And so um, we can we can do that. We can read those bits of scripture to them. We can highlight to our kids in the stories that we already read, you know, wow, I love this was in God's heart. Or, you know, what a great plan God had before they even knew that they were in trouble. Just highlighting that 
this is a God of action and of power, um, that he is, he is ready and willing and, and doing things. And we get to join him in what he's doing. Uh, not the other way around. Most of life isn't us going, Hey God, I'd really like to do this. And God going, Oh, okay. I'll jump on board with your plan. Uh, but it's about drawing close to what God is doing and being a part of that. It is such a powerful and important part of our kids sort of orienting, uh, to, um, who they are and what God's doing. So yeah, there you go. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not something to be afraid of, but it's just, as you talk about God, take those moments to say, wow, God has so many great plans and purposes and he is out there and he is doing stuff and I can see him in my life. And I love when he called me to do this or asked me to do this, or when I saw him weaving this together, God is doing so many things that I can't even see and don't even know about sometimes. And I find that wonderful to live in a world uh, where God is doing so much more than I could ever imagine. And sometimes I get a glimmer of it. So enjoy talking about that with your kids. This is an outtake from a Facebook Live that I did with my friend Rick Otto, who's the head of kids for New Wine. Uh, we were fielding questions from uh, parents and families during a Facebook Live for uh, New Wine's summer conference called United Breaks Out. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll let us jump in. What's your top advice to parents as we help our children to prepare to go back to school? Oh. <laughs> Um, I think you know your children better than I do. <laughs> um, and I know my kids. And so I know that um, we're going to be stepping up prayer quite a lot. We're going to be talking an awful lot about, well, how are you feeling? How are you? What What are your anxieties? All of that kind of conversations. Um, but yeah, we're going to, but then with our, so that's with one of our children. With the other child, um, she'll just be ready to go. So it'll just be about that kind of, so we'll be praying uh, the bold and courageous prayer for our one who's a little bit worried. And with the one who is um, kind of ready to go, um, we'll be just kind of going, okay, right. Okay. What opportunities have you got now? Cause that's the difference. Even within my house with my two kids, one's like, Oh, I don't know. The other one's like, bring it for anything. It's crazy. So I would, that's what we're probably planning on doing and taking steps to help bring that process back in. Um, yeah, full, full school uniform. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Um, I guess, I guess my thoughts, I think there's something about also landing this season well. Um, yes. Cause this has been like a six month season and uh, I really love in scripture about how has it, be, has it uh, been that short. Wow. It's felt a lot longer <laughs> for us introverts. It hasn't been long enough. Rick. So, uh, it's, that's um, true. so the six month season um, ish and, um, and so much has happened in there from, you know, yeah. from ups and downs and times that, that God has done things and times that you've been worried about it. And, and to end this, it sort of feels like an end of a season and coming into a new season yeah. of going back to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. And so many times in scripture, they captured that moment, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. where, whether it was going through the Jordan and then making a little pile of rocks saying, yeah. hey, let's remember what God did here. And there's a lot of sort of marking of what God did. All of the Jewish festivals are big parties of like what God did and to remind people. And so I'd be really intrigued about um, as part of the, you know, 
know, as you were saying, Rick, the, the prepping and figuring out what your kids yeah. need and, and doing that, that you also take a moment to just capture what God has done in the past six months, what we've learned, yeah. what we want to keep. You know, there's a lot that we've learned that actually we really like each other. We don't want to let busyness steal away our time together. Or we yeah. all need some alone time and we're going to need more yeah. alone time when we do that. <laughs> so let's build that in. And so just capturing capturing what you've learned, capturing who God was, uh, what verses were important, what times yeah. that you were in despair and what God said. Uh, and just sort of to capture that so you can look back for a lifetime and say, yeah. this is who God was and what he did. And, yeah. and now we thank God for whatever season and what he taught us. And now we're ready to turn our face to the next challenge. Yeah. We're ready to enter into the next stage. And what does that look like for us? And then, you know, to have those conversations about what they need and to prep. The only mm -hmm. other thing I was thinking also is about purpose. Sometimes yeah. uh, who is God asking us to be in this new season and what is he asking us to do? Um, so it's not just how am I going to cope with the new wave of school, but it's you know, we're in a new season and God's going to ask us to do different things. And so yeah. what is God asking us to do? So they show up at the first day of school, not thinking, I hope I'm okay, but they show up saying, how can I serve and help others? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in yeah. the, um, so I don't know if you saw them, but we did some little parent training on the lead up mm. to uh, United Kids. And we talked about prayer and we talked about how to enable parents to do that at home. And then one thing that struck me as we were doing this conversation with the team was, why don't we go and get like a book that is our special prayer and prophecy book, for example, because I'm expecting that God's going to speak to the children in their living rooms as much as he does when they're in a marquee. So mm. I'm thinking that we could actually help them um, do, do some of what you're talking about mm. in that book of going, right, actually, God, what what am I so thankful for and writing those things, putting those things down, drawing them, however it helps. And yeah. then to actually set like, well, actually, what do I sense God's calling us into? What's this new yeah. season? A friend of mine, he, um, they pray like every new year about a sense of purpose for their family. And a number of years ago they were praying and his daughter, um, I think she was about nine or 10, at the time, just sensed that they were going to be going somewhere else. And he's mm. like, nah, don't be silly. We're not moving. Everything's good. Mm. And um, within four months, um, they'd had a call to move to somewhere else. And mm. it was almost like they'd spent that time as family. What is it that God's called us to? What is it that we're going to be doing in this next season? Now, it might not be that you're moving house. It might not be. But actually, for us to do that in this new season, getting ready for school... Mm. actually that will help possibly to give that confidence to the children who are a little bit worried like oh well i know what i'm looking forward to i know what might be in store um mm. might really help um and for my i'm thinking my uh, more kind of crazy kid who's like right i'm ready to go to school now um partly because she has the same teacher so it's a bit easier for her <laughs> this year um but like, well, go hunting for it. Go find what, what yeah. can you see what God's doing? Yeah. Um, and let's, let's talk about it regularly. Okay, so I wanted to talk to us about something very specific to now and this uh, particular season that we find ourselves in. Uh, for some of you, it will be blindingly obvious and you've already been doing it, uh, but I hope it gives you a different way to think about it. Um, but my hope is that for some of you, you go, aha, I haven't thought about it quite like that. That is maybe something we could try. 
So um, a Bible verse that's really helped me while we have been struggling to do online church, just as our family, um, is the bit in Matthew 18, 20, where Jesus says, uh, whenever two or three gather in my name, I'm there in their midst. You know, and as we sit, just four of us in our house, however many you have in your households, I've thought, OK, this is it. Jesus is here with us. This is church, even though I'm missing so many other people. Um, but a development that's happened recently and at the time of the recording, the situation is that two households are allowed to gather together, provided you're not under local lockdown. Uh, please do check the most current advice before doing this. Uh, but once we realised that was possible, we've started meeting with another household to do online church. And guys, it has been an absolute game changer. It has allowed us to have some of the perks of being church family and church community and remembering what it's all about, um, even if we can't have our full on physical services altogether. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I quite like watching church in my pyjamas. Thank you very much. I don't want to have to get organised and have someone else go come around or go to their house. But I wanted to give you a few reasons uh, why I think it's worth considering. Um, and you still might be anti. That's absolutely fine. Uh, but here are my four reasons. So the first one is that it gives an opportunity for other people to create windows and frame for your children um, and actually for you as well. Um, they get to see a little bit more of the range of how different people chat and catch with God, how they worship, understand the Bible, or just sort of navigate the ups and downs of life with him. Uh, so that might give them inspiration and ideas. Hey, this is maybe what my relationship with God looked like. Or just kind of broaden their knowledge and understanding of what it can look like, even if they say, whoa, that's not for me. Um, just they know it exists and that different people in different contexts can relate to God in different ways. Uh, we've had people from all different kind of life stages and uh, walks of life and experiences and ways that they connect with God. And I think it's been so nice for my children to have a break from just this is how I do it and this is how my husband does it. Um, so that's reason number one is that they uh, get an opportunity for people to create windows and frame for them. Second reason is they get a taster or a reminder of what it's like to be a part of a body and a church community. So I've already mentioned this, but we were designed for community and to play our little part in God's much bigger plan. And for loads of us, online church has been convenient. We're kind of like, eh, do we want to go to um, physical services? Um, but this really helps us experience why being connected to something bigger is important. So that was my second reason. It's all about being part of the body and church community. Uh, my third reason is that it gives us an opportunity to share testimonies, prayer requests, things you've caught from God and ways of connecting with him. Obviously, you can just do that as a family, as one household. Um, but I don't know about you, our track record hasn't been great. And bringing other people into the mix has made it felt so much easier. It helps us see outside the needs and stories of just our immediate family. Um, and there's something about sharing a prayer request with someone who's not in the immediate situation or them sharing what they feel like God is saying that you're like, ooh, you know, it just makes you sit up and listen. So that's my third reason, uh, the opportunity to share testimonies and prayer requests requests uh, and my fourth and final reason is that it makes it more of a thing it's so easy when it's just your household for everyone to run off and attack each other or do something else or miss the start of church because you're still having a shower or prep the lunch um but much like in the olden times pre-covid where you used to get dressed and either get in the car or walk to church it sort of got your head in the game you were very deliberately going to something uh having people come over or going to someone else's house does the same thing 
You are deliberately setting time aside to connect with God, to worship him and to learn about him. So I don't know if that's convinced you at all or made you think it's maybe something to ponder or to try. Um, But I thought I'd just end now by giving you some really practical things to think about so that it works really well. Um, So first off, how can you make everyone feel really safe and comfortable? Um, I'd encourage you to be led by the household who's more cautious or who has people who are more vulnerable. Because it might be that you can do some little things um, that don't particularly inconvenience you that make it really possible for them to join in and not be fearful or not do it. Uh, So that might be meeting outside or face masks or separate sofas or zones or uh, not sharing food or having separate plates for food, whatever it is. Um, Just ask what would make them feel comfortable um, and be clear about the setup and avoid last minute changes of plan if you can. Secondly, uh, I'd encourage you to think about who to invite. Take the initiative and invite another person or household. I know it's so weird because we don't really know what's going on. So we can imagine, oh, other people are inviting each other. and uh, But just don't even get into that. Um, be bold. Be the person to reach out to someone because it could make a huge difference to them and you as well. Um, don't worry that your TV is terrible or that your kids are going to be attacking each other all the way through. Um, this is really about real life and doing it together and authenticity, not some Pinterest picture of hospitality. Um, think through whether you want to do it with the same household each week to build community. So almost like a little small group or home group type setup, or whether you want to mix it up and have different people. Uh, you might want to consider inviting people who are a bit different to you. There's much to be learned from people at different ages and stages of life. Um, you could ask all together who to invite and see what you catch. You can be really powerful inviting people who might feel lonely or isolated at this time. Uh, But equally, if you want to put your best buddies and that's what's going to help you all connect and engage with God well and have a brilliant time, that's great as well. You get to choose um, what works for you. Uh, And then the third thing is just what you'll do together. Are you going to watch a Sunday service? Are you going to all together? Are you going to watch it separately but meet up afterwards for a bit of a chat? Will you be together the whole time or are you going to separate into smaller groups at some point of kids and adults? Uh, Are you doing communion if that's a thing in your tradition? Do you need to get stuff ready for that? Uh, Will you do any musical worship? Do you need a YouTube video or a guitar ready? Uh, Or is it just part of what you're watching? Are you skipping that for now? There are a million options and you get to shape your own church experience. So make the most of that. Uh, think about the people in the room and their skills and just don't overthink it like just give it a go and see what works and what doesn't and we would love to hear from you guys so if you've tried doing church with another household uh, do write in press the contact us page on our website or on facebook or on instagram and tell us what worked well what really helped it go well and what totally failed or bombed we'd love to learn from you and hear that as well Uh, so have fun experimenting And the question to start an interesting conversation with your kid this week is this. Um, What is one thing that God has done for you or for somebody else that you don't think anyone asked him for? Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, 
or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.